Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up, everybody? Welcome into this Thursday episode of Flippin' Bats. So much to talk about today. The Houston Astros are in first place in the AL West for the first time all year. Will they give it up again this season? The Dodgers pitching, is it okay in the postseason? Also, Giancarlo Stanton just hit home run number 400. Is he a Hall of Famer? I think the conversation is a lot more interesting than you might think. Also, we got a lot coming at you today. Fan questions to finish up, a good honesty hour. We got a lot to talk about. This one's gonna be really fun. Let's get to it. Five ball, onto the track, at the wall, it's gone! Home run! Turns on a ball, deep right field, and gone! A game, what a moment. What is up, my friends? Happy Thursday, everybody. I am joined by Alex Curry. And Alex, uh, we got a fun show today. Yesterday was a fun show, by the way. Yeah, Julio. I, I got to give you mad props because we know how amazing Julio is. We we kind of got to know him when we were out yeah. in Seattle at the All-Star game at the, the players after party yeah. at the field during everything. But he, you did a really great job of bringing out who he is as a person because through a lot of your conversations that you had with him, your questions, you really got to see how great of a person he is yeah. and how much he loves the game and how much he really appreciates everything about it from him saying that Ken Griffey Jr. is like a mentor to him and how important that is. And don't compare us. We're two different people. I yeah. just love having someone in my yeah. corner to how he wants to be remembered. It was just Good job. I, thank Props. you. And I'm glad it came across that way because I've been for a year and a half now trying to, I think we all see the player he is, yeah. right? We know how good he is. But for me, the reason I've always been such a big fan, at least, you know, for the last two years is because of, I, I think the person he is and he's yeah. the most charismatic guy in multiple languages, which is so difficult. Can you even I imagine? Even, no. I like, mean, it's unbelievable. He's the perfect face for the game of baseball. He's an unbelievable human being. He's a great baseball player. And I'm really glad it came across that way. And I'm really glad glad Alex that the flipping bats pod luck at this point oh I, like two and a half years ago what I would have a guest on very early show show yeah. had just started and I would say well the flipping bats pod luck if they got like a strikeout yeah now it's like it's, it's real the real like Julio came on the show we talked and two hours later he hit two homers in a oh, game yeah it's 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 pretty powerful so basically, if you want to, you know, do really well in come a game, just come on the show. Right. Bottom so line. Just we're putting that out there. Just putting it out there. We Can could have a whole team. Maybe it, we maybe we get a whole team. <laughs> could you imagine? We'll just down the line. <laughs> <laughs> Has that yeah. ever been done before? Um, no. no, I don't think so. But we could. Uh, but that was yesterday, last yesterday. night. Oh, we got an insane 
series in Texas. Well, at least for the Astros as they completed the sweep last night with your brother on the mound, getting the job done. What I love too, it was like the two former Mets meeting up in Texas. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And former Mets from a month ago, former yeah. teammates in Detroit. I mean, it was like every step of the way and Justin and Max had never faced each other in their entire career. And as two That's guys they're, that their combined age is like 80, you <laughs> You would think that at some point they've faced each other. <laughs> like we're going for the combined age. Well, it just makes it a really high number if you it's combine the, the age. They're old. Um, but yeah, uh, they had never faced each other before. And it's just the 12th time in the history of baseball that two pitchers with three or more Cy Young Awards have faced off against each other. So uh, it was billed as quite the pitcher's duel. And well... Max didn't do great. He got lit up. Uh, Justin did really well. Seven innings pitched, one earned run, six strikeouts, lowered his ERA to 3.23 on the season. Uh, but Max, on the other hand, it started from the word go. Yeah. You know, Max Max was struggling, leaving a lot of balls out over the plate. Max ended up only throwing three innings and gave up seven earned runs. The Astros won the game 12 to three. Uh, but yeah, uh, it was fantastic start for Justin. He looked great. Fastball looked really good again. Uh, Simeon got him on the first pitch of the game, yeah. which what are you going to do? I mean, we I was talking about that last night with some people like you don't want to throw in a first pitch slider or curveball of the game when you're trying to find your feel yeah. of the strike zone. Threw a fastball, got hit out and from right there, settled down and didn't give up another earned run all game long. Astros dominated. Um, and that was, you know, Alex. Well, one, you didn't send me the, the gif you always send me. I thought me. about it, and then it was like, is it too obvious right now? What would be too obvious? I don't know. He was just crushing, and I didn't send it last time when he wasn't doing well, and I didn't want it to become like just when he's doing well kind of a thing. So I was trying to even it out. <laughs> I feel like I actually you're thought like, about this. <laughs> you're, like my, you're like my mom in the sense that every... For every single one yeah. of Justin's starts for his entire career, yeah. this goes back to 2005. She sends him a text yeah. before every single game at the exact same time yeah. and says the exact same thing until she needs to change it up. Yeah. If there's a couple bad starts in a row or whatever it may be, she'll change just the wording. And it's for what? Like, how long has it been? Almost 17, 18 years at this wow. point. Okay, so I got some work to do. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. When it's flipping bats in the year 2045, <laughs> Alex will be figuring out how to send that cheeseburger gift. Uh, cheeseburger, mustard, ketchup, yeah. pickles. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. Um, but the Astros, man, that like they just kicked it into a completely different gear this series. They yeah. scored 39 runs and hit 16 home runs in this series. So you know what? On that note, let's dive deeper into the AOS right now in our first making a statement. Because we're going to start with the Astros here. The Astros will not give up the AL West lead. Yeah, the Astros are winning the AL West again. That is happening. And they just absolutely, for lack of a better word, pulverized the that Texas Rangers. They did. And they're the first team in MLB history to record 50 hits and hit 16 homers in a three-game series. First team in history. 
And on Tuesday this week, they reached the AL West lead for the first time this season, which is kind of wild to think about. Like they've yeah. always been there within reach and been having a good season. There's a lot of injuries though. Like yeah. you forget like their main guys, like all missed like a good chunk yeah. of the season. And then you have Altuve come back and yeah. Jordan come back and Michael Brantley is now back. And shocker, you look up and the Astros are in first place in the AL West. So I do believe they win the division. What Jose Altuve is doing right now, Alex, is just, you know, the timing, maybe like I know ever since your honesty, actually, hour? I know he sees a lot of flipping bat stuff ever and, since your honesty hour. He has like, right. Like literally become a, like a bigger, crazier, better version of himself, which I didn't know yeah. was possible. I, what she's referencing is when I said, we need to appreciate what Jose Altuve is doing more and more and more. And I mean, look, look at what he's done over the last couple of days. He hit a home run in four straight at bats, Four straight at bats. He hit five home runs over the course of seven innings. Now that's over the course of two different games. And if that sounds like a lot, <laughs> it is. It's the most yeah. in MLB history, by the way. Five home runs in his last six plate appearances. I mean, it's it's just when you when you think about Jose Altuve, I, the power mm -hmm. that is there. Oh yeah, as a guy that is listed as five foot six, that feels generous. When he's, but he's listed as five foot six. Yeah, I stood next the, to him and we were close to the <laughs> same height when I'm in high heels. What, what height are you I'm without? I'm five three. Yeah. Yeah. And so in high heels. Yeah. We're like three inch heels. Like, oh, okay. So yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Same height. It's just the, the power that he has. Think about how perfect he has to be. Everything's so compact and his swing has to be perfect for him to have so much power that he does. And it's just this, the stretch that he is on right now, obviously a historic stretch. He did something in terms of five home runs in seven innings that has never been done before. So they now hold a one game lead over the Seattle Mariners in the AL West. The Rangers are falling more and more and more out of relevancy. Mm -hmm. And I just, the Rangers are, are are tough for me because they started the year so well. Yeah. Right. And now they're still in the hunt, obviously, but they had a six and a half game lead in the AL West and fast forward just a couple of weeks. And then they're fighting for their lives at the top of the AL West. Fast forward another week. Now they're fighting for a playoff spot and they're out of the playoffs looking in. And then you have Adelise Garcia getting injured last night in that game, which mm. again, I'm no doctor, but it didn't look good. And he's punching the ground in the outfield. It, it, it looked bad and that sucks. And this team just keeps getting hit with thing after thing. The bullpen just stinks right now. So I, the Rangers are going to struggle to make a, make the playoffs period. I mean, they, I, I feel like they, the odds are against them at this point to make the playoffs. So your statement, will the Astros give up the ALS lead again? Look, if we're if we're treating this literally, they could lose tonight, and the Mariners could win, and next thing you know, they're tied. But I, the Astros are going to win the AL West. I do fully believe that they're they're playing the best baseball they have all year. Yeah. Michael Brantley was hitting in the seven hole last night. It's no, so deep. It, it's stacked. it's ridiculous. So um, Astros are winning the division. Mariners are really good. Rangers, Rangers are fallen fast. They're in trouble. Yeah. They're in trouble. All right. Well, let's move to the NL West for our next statement. The Dodgers playoff hopes took a huge hit. I I am worried 
I am worried, and any Dodgers fan should be worried about their postseason pitching. Alex, as you know, mm-hmm. that was already my concern. I know. Right? My concern was the Dodgers pitching, the rotation depth, and the bullpen depth, and, and who they can turn to out of the bullpen. And look, yes, Clayton Kershaw is still in the rotation, but Kershaw hasn't pitched into the sixth inning of a game since June. I, you know, he's still effective, but I, it just doesn't feel... I, I don't know. He's and and I'm not talking down about Kershaw. He's he's great to have in that rotation for the playoffs and the postseason narrative. I think it's dumb. The guys the guy's one of the best pitchers to ever do it. So yes, you have Clayton Kershaw, and then who are you gonna have? Bobby Miller. I love Bobby Miller. Actually, that's a big yes for me, and it already was good playoff stuff. But then Pepio needs to step up. You're asking a lot of young guys with not much playoff experience to no playoff experience to step up and lead you to the World Series because of the news that came out the other day of Julio Urias. Now, for those that are unaware of what happened, Julio Urias was arrested and charged with felony domestic violence on Sunday night. And then um, the Dodgers over the last couple of days, or on Wednesday, yesterday, actually released a statement about everything that uh, that is going on. They said, today, Major League Baseball announced that Julio Arias has been placed on administrative leave until further notice while an investigation is being conducted per the sports joint domestic violence, sexual assault, and child abuse policy with the Major League Baseball Players Association. The Dodgers take all the allegations of this kind and in this case, very seriously, and we do not condone or excuse any acts of domestic violence. We are fully cooperating with Major League Baseball's investigation and support MLB's and the commissioner's enforcement of the policy. The Dodgers will have no further comment at this time, and honestly, neither will we on that situation. I just know the the likelihood of Julio, uh, he won't be in the playoff rotation, right? That's another huge hit to the depth of this rotation that I was already really concerned about, Alex. I just, I I know we're not going further into Julio stuff, but I just have to say there is no excuse for that behavior. The Dodgers need to be done with him, especially since it's not his first offense. He let his team down. He let the Dodgers down. He let his wife down. He let anyone in his life down. And this is, it's a huge hit for the Dodgers. Yeah. So uh, can they... They're, they're going to rely on their offense to, to carry them, and they that offense can. <laughs> that offense can carry them. Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman can carry you to a World Series, but it just gets complicated and way more difficult, and you're asking way more out of an offense when you're going to have a rotation with Kershaw, and then I would, I would honestly go Bobby Miller, but then are you going Lance Lynn? Are you going – like, it just becomes – Really complicated. And yes, Walker Bueller is coming back, but he's not going to be built up to go six innings in the postseason. I mean, I, I, I think we're going to have to look at Walker Bueller as like a maybe a few inning bullpen guy coming in after after a starter or something. And maybe you can get a couple a couple outings. We got to remember he's coming off a second Tommy John. You can't just like throw him into the playoffs and expect him to like throw on short rest or do this or do that. So, yes, this is a big hit to the rotation. You're now you're now asking your young and experienced guys to be the reason that you make it to the world series. And that's just a lot to put on those guys that don't have that experience. It's gotta be a little bit of hope, a little bit of hope yeah. there for the young guys yeah, and for this Dodgers team and the offense you. needs to give them as much support as they can. Bobby Miller has 
big game stuff. I, he does. I really like Bobby Miller. I think he is a good, valuable arm to turn to in the postseason. I would honestly, I would throw him second. If I'm, if I'm the Dodgers, I think you go Kershaw, Bobby Miller, and then figure it out from there. But uh, yeah, this is a huge hit to a team that I was already yeah. a little worried about their pitching and from top to bottom. I agree. All right, well, let's switch to positive statement here. Giancarlo Stanton is a future Hall of Famer. Oh, baby, this is mm -hmm. such an interesting question. And we're going to talk about it because for me, this is contingent on if Giancarlo Stanton gets to 500 home runs. But if he does, mm -hmm. I think Giancarlo Stanton is a Hall of Famer. I really do. Let's talk about it. Okay. Look, we can't be... We can't be short-sighted here, right? As baseball fans, we what have you done for me lately? We look at, okay, his Yankees tenure, but like, okay, he hits homers. No, no, no. Let's step back to his days with the Marlins. If we're going to have a Hall of Fame conversation, let's talk about how for a six, seven-year period, eight-year period, so for the better part of a decade, Giancarlo Stanton was one of the best players in the game of baseball. Mm -hmm. And that includes in 2017 when he was the best player in the game of baseball by winning an MVP award. Now, an MVP award matters because right off the top there, players with one MVP award in their career are about 50-50 to make the Hall of Fame. Okay. If you have an MVP, 50-50, you get into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, 42, of 42 of 89 players that have won one MVP are in the Hall of Fame. So that all of a sudden right there. Five-time All-Star, MVP, two-time Silver Slugger. So let's discuss 500, okay. right? He just hit 400. Can he get to 500? He's 33 years old. Yeah. Now this is largely, the answer is absolutely yes, he can. He's got 22 this year in less than 90 games. The power, yeah. despite everything, is seemingly not being the same. He's, the speed is gone, injuries, all of that. The power is still there. 22 homers in less than 90 games. He can, but this is going to be largely dependent on health. And I obviously can't tell you if he's going to play the majority of the games for the rest of his career. But let's say, let's say he does. He's on a pace to get there. He's on pace to get there. He's been an incredible, he's never made it to a World Series, but he's been a really good guy. He's been a really good player in the postseason. 11 homers in 27 postseason games, I think it is. So, I think he can get to 500 homers. And if he does, that's a We're talking a hall of fame player. Look, there's only been three players that are not in the hall of fame that reach 500 home runs. And I, I would bet you a lot of you might be able to guess who they are. Barry Bonds, Sammy Sosa, Manny Ramirez. If he gets there, one of those things is not like the other, right? There's yeah. no allegations about anything with, with Giancarlo Stanton. So to me, when it comes to having this conversation, you have to look at the fact that he he's a transcending talent. He he changed the game. He, he's one of the, the greatest power hitters of this generation. I mean, nobody's hit balls harder and further than him, and he was doing it from back in like 2014. He's he's he changed the power game, in my opinion. And and that year in, in Miami where he won the MVP award. It's I just, can, he he's injury prone. Well, can right. he stay healthy? That is going to be the number one reasoning whether he does or he doesn't get to 500 home runs. Yeah. Can he stay healthy? Yeah. So the, the 500 homers to me, Yeah. if he, 
it's again contingent on him getting there. But for mm -hmm. me, if he does, I think he's in. But that's not the end of this conversation. I told you, uh, it's about 50 50 if you have one MVP award for getting in. Yeah. But no player who has been active since 1960 has been elected into the Hall of Fame with fewer than 2,000 hits. Stan projects to have just about 1,800. Right. And just one player who has been active in Major League Baseball in the last 50 years has had an OPS under 900 for their career and scored under 1200 runs and gotten in. And he's on pace to do that as well. So it's a really interesting case. Yeah. And he, I because he hasn't played a ton of games because he hasn't been healthy a lot of seasons. Yeah. I mean, he's also look. We, He's also not the same player anymore. The guy's yeah. hitting 200 this year. The power's still there. But again, I'll, I'll say back to what I did at the beginning. We can't be short-sighted here. Giancarlo Stanton, the Hall of Famer, isn't getting in because of what he did with the New York Yankees. No. Giancarlo Stanton, the Hall of Famer, is because of what he did with the Miami Marlins. And that that's a Hall of Fame player if I've ever seen one. Now, will oh, yeah, that yeah. stretch be long enough? Can you play yourself out of the Hall of Fame for what you do later in your career? Uh, ask Andrew Jones that, that question. I think Andrew is a hall of famer, but, uh, I, I think what he did when he, when he went on to the Yankees, I think left that short sighted mind thought in people's eyes and he hasn't gotten in, which is really frustrating. I think stands in if he hits 500. That's fair. If, which if, big if, and if he can stay healthy, right? Yeah. Well, if he can, I think he gets to 500. Exactly. He's 33, a lot of, lot of health concerns. So we'll yeah. see. Yeah. All right, well, let's move from a veteran to an exciting rookie for our next statement. Ellie De La Cruz will lead the Reds to the playoffs. Alex, I'm ready to say it. But I do now believe that the Cincinnati Reds are making the playoffs. Ooh, and I am so excited to watch it happen. Hear me out. Okay. Okay. Really hear me out. Let's talk about the teams that are right there. The yeah. Marlins are currently in that third spot. Well, what just happened to the Marlins? Sandy Alcantara, reigning Cy Young Award winner, goes down. Yeah. Jorge Soler, who I think is the center. He's that piece in the lineup that scares you, right? There's, there's good guys. There's good offensive players. But Jorge Soler is that power thread in the lineup that just scares you every time he comes up to the plate. He is now down and goes on the I.L., Okay, so now let's talk remaining schedules because mm -hmm. I hate doing this in baseball. Like, oh, the strength is well. There's 20 some games left. Now yeah, we can yeah, really, we're in the final countdown. Right now we can talk about the remaining strength of schedule. The Reds play 17 of their last 20 games against teams that are below 500. Mm. Six against the Cardinals, three against the Tigers, three against the Mets, three against the Pirates, and two against the Cleveland Guardians. Miami on the other end. Yeah. Braves, Dodgers, Phillies. Brewers. Oof. Brutal. That's brutal. It is. The D-backs currently tied with the Reds. Yep. Those two are a half a game out. Three with the Astros, seven with the Cubs, three with the Yankees. And the Giants still have seven games to go with the Dodgers. It's the Reds. It's the Reds to lose. They, they can do this. These, this young core has a, this is the best part of their schedule for them and they can take full advantage and get into the playoffs. And I'm going to say, yes, the Cincinnati Reds can and will get into the playoffs. Do you think they're going to get in, in a wild card spot or they're going to play well enough to jump their five and a half games behind the Brewers and take that first place in the NL Central? Wild card. Wild card. I, I think, 
I think we can have the discussion of if the Cubs win the NL Central. Yeah. I don't think we can have the question of will the Reds win the Central. I think okay, the Reds. So you think they're going to jump Miami and Arizona? Well, they're tied with Arizona. Yeah, yeah. But I'm saying I to, think, yeah, to I, get into that last third spot. Yes. I mean, it's a half a game right yeah. now with the Marlins. And there's, their remaining schedule is the worst of everybody's. Plus, they're two, they're their best, you know, two of their best players going down. I just, the Marlins are in a tough spot right now. The D-backs have a tougher remaining schedule. Yeah. The red, everything is lining up reds and will they take advantage? I think they will. I think they get into the playoffs. That's crazy. Like who would have thought like potentially three teams from the NL central out of the national league at the beginning oh, of the season, God. Yeah, <laughs> the beginning great of point. The season, right? Like we thought it was going to be NL East. Then we thought it was going to be NL West. And now we're talking NL Central having like the power <laughs> three teams to get in to the postseason. Yeah. All right. That is, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. Hot take. All right. Well, let's move and uh, talk about the NL East. And our next statement, Matt Olson will win the home run crown. Yeah. I do believe Matt Olson will win the home run crown. He hit another home run on Wednesday night, furthering, lengthening his lead, if you will, over Shohei Otani. Home run number 45 now. Uh, so Matt Olson is, Matt Olson, I, I think, is in a really good position to do this. Obviously, with with his power surge lately, he's a, he's been a very streaky hitter in his career. And now this season's been the most consistent and they, there's like MVP conversation that you could have with Matt Olson. And he went through a bit of a lull mm -hmm. with his lull, lull. <laughs> a bit of a lull with his homers and uh, another one. Now another one on Wednesday night. And I just think everything going on with Shohei. Oh yeah. Um, no, that's the reason. No, the reason is because the reason is Matt Olson. Well, and Otani is injured. Uh, yes, but I, do, I otherwise it would have been way closer. I agree, but I don't want to say the, the reason Matt Olson's going to lead is because of show. Matt Olson deserves his his oh, credit definitely. here. But it would have been a tighter race all the way to the end of the season. But now, Correct. obviously, with the UCL and now the yeah. the oblique, yeah. Otani's body is shutting down. Yeah. From what I've heard, by the way. Shohei is the last two days been wanting to get back in the lineup. So I does. think by, by the end of this, I, again, I'm going to say this a lot, lately, but I'm no doctor yep. by the end of the week. I think Shohei's back in the lineup, but that lineup is just not good. No. And there's no trout protection. Again, I've talked about this a good bit. So those are factors in this, but I, I think Matt Olson wins. I think Pete Alonso is now in the conversation big time. Pete Alonso missed a good bit of time. He did. And he's now at 42 homers, not it's far true. behind here. And Pete Shore bomb 41. Yeah. When Pete gets hot, he can, he puts up homers in bunches. So it's going to be fun. I ultimately do think Matt Olson leads the league in home runs this it also year. Also helps. He has the best lineup yeah. in baseball. Yeah. Yeah. That de definitely helps. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, that wraps up uh, making a statement. So now it's time to get honest. Oh. For honesty hour. All right. This one hits close to home. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more. Right now, save $30 on the American-made Steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real Steel. 
The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Honesty hour. I like it. Uh-huh. I don't, I'm interested in your opinion. I'm interested in everybody's. Not uh-huh. everybody might not like this. Honesty hour. Let's hop in the trust tree here and talk about how MLB broadcast booths need to help grow the sport. Now, here's what I'm talking about. Some, some broadcast booths do a fantastic job of this and others don't. I know booths are fans of the team that they work for and are employed by and are on that regional network, right? And I think they absolutely should be. I think national broadcasters can't obviously have a favorite team or show favoritism, but Mm -hmm. sure, you can absolutely, you should be rooting for the team that you're calling games for. At the same time, I wholeheartedly believe that it is okay to appreciate the game and appreciate the great moments that we get to see out on the field. And some of you might say, Ben, this is wrong. I listen to my team and I want them to act sad when I am sad. When I'm sad, I want them to be sad. Okay, but I, and I, and I, you're not wrong. And it's okay to feel that way. But when I watch games and I listen to these regional broadcasts and something really cool happens, I think there's a big difference in broadcast booths. And, you know, some of them do it so well. And I'm going to, I almost don't even want to name names, but I'm just going to like some of my favorites just being Don Arcillo, Dave Sims, Jason Benetti, Ron, Keith and Gary with the Mets. They all do it so well. And, but what I mean by that is when the other team does something well, it's okay to celebrate that moment. It's okay to be a fan. You don't have to be like, yes, he did it. But it's okay to be like, oh my God, this is it. This is incredible. Tip your cap. I feel like the other day when Jose Altuve was on that stretch yeah. and hit five homers over the course of seven innings, I was listening to the Rangers broadcast and felt like they lost their best friend. You know, and it's like, does, yeah, they were upset. Sure. Are you upset? Absolutely. And that's, I don't want that to be the one example, but like, yeah, you, you, you know, there, baseball is so fun and exciting right now. And you don't have to, you don't have to root for the other team. You're rooting for your team, but it's okay to not talk like this when something really cool happened, like really bad for your team. Like it's okay. In my opinion, to get into it and to show your excitement for the sport and let your fan base know what is happening right now, whether it was a historic moment or a great play, this is really cool. And I think broadcasters can be a part of growing this sport that I'm so passionate about Yeah, of a part of growing the game. Guys, this is Ellie De La Cruz and him scoring from first to home on that single in the gap is one of the coolest things you will ever see. Is it unfortunate that it happened against our team? Of course it is. But what he just did is really special and we should be taking note of this. And I just feel like as a collective whole, broadcasters can be a part of growing the game and helping their fan base know what's going on with other teams and, and appreciating great moments. And a lot of them do it really well. Some of them don't do it really well. And I just think as a collective whole, they can be a part of, of helping this. So I'm going to give you an inside perspective as someone who was part of a team broadcast for 10 years. Okay. Now, when you're part of the team broadcast, you are a team partner, yeah. meaning ownership, management, the team has a say in what you can say on air, like a very strong 
opinion of what you can say on air. And they watch the broadcasts. And when you say things that are maybe more complimenting the other team than your own, they notice and they don't get very happy about it. And we've seen this recently, not to point fingers, but with the Orioles. Um, punishing the broadcaster for just stating some facts. And it's things like that, that kind of, as a broadcaster, when you're a team partner, you kind of get worried. Like, yeah. if I say this, am I going to lose my job? Am I going to get in trouble? Am I going to get punished or things like that? So I do agree that when something historical like that happens, when it's the first time in the game that you're seeing something, or it's this young, exciting new player that's just taking baseball by storm, it's important to acknowledge what's happening. There just has to be a better way to bring that in more so it's not so one-sided like we heard yeah. with the Rangers and the Astros broadcast when Altuve was making history. Because yes, it's okay to acknowledge that. And that we'll, we'll talk about their take later because that was just all around a horrible, <laughs> ridiculous take and just segment while wild. they were talking about that moment. But yeah, there, there, there needs to be some sort of a middle ground to, we're not praising the other team, but we are acknowledging the moment. And this is okay because it's baseball. We are not, because we're doing that, it doesn't mean that we're devaluing or talking bad about our team partners. I think you make a really good point that needs to be acknowledged. It doesn't change my statement that I think that as a collective whole that they yeah. could do better, but it does it does give a little bit of an insight to why some might be that way yeah. because they're scared to death of their, for yes. their job. Yes. And that is a, a whole nother problem in its own right. And I still stand by what I said. And if, if they're feeling that way, I mean, I think the Orioles situation is a great example. Yeah. I mean, if you think that's the only example of this, you're wrong. And yeah. if you, if you're, if you that don't believe me, listen one. to Alex talking as she was a part of one for a decade. Um, I, I, so certainly, you know, teams and organizations and sometimes ownership is directly having a finger on the pulse there and saying, yeah. I don't want you talking well about the other team and that's wrong in its own right. Um, but I, I just think, you know, I think there's, I think now the game has changed and I think there is a, I think we're, the game is in a great place mm -hmm. and everybody involved in the game of baseball is in a place right now where we can all help the sport grow. Yeah. And if my team is playing Ellie De La Cruz and all I do is watch my team play every week and I or every day and now I get to watch this team but I don't know much about him. I don't want this guy to come to the plate and do something cool and just hear like ah man like let me let me know about this guy. Have some excitement about him. Obviously you're not wanting him to do something well and I don't want that to be the point that comes across here. I don't want regional networks if if it's the regional team for the Chicago Cubs and they're playing their arch rival the the St. Louis Cardinals and they hit a walk-off homer to be like, "Yeah, look at that." Yeah. No. That's not my point here. Just let's appreciate great moments and and get a little more into it sometimes. That's okay. Yeah. That's okay. I got to give hats off to Mark Gubiza too, because he Mark's does great. an incredible job of appreciating big moments in the game. Mark's so Gooby, Gooby does an incredible job with that. Yep. I, I love with the excitement. I love Gooby. That's a good yeah. one as well. Again, I, that's almost what there's plenty yes. out there. I think there's a lot that do a really good job. There's some that are fine and some that aren't great. And, yeah. and that's obviously 
life. Oh, shocker. Uh, Some people are really good. Some people are fine. Some people aren't great. I'm just going to say I'm like really happy now that I'm on like a national stage where I can actually share what you think and share what you really see and whatnot, because that's the difference. You can't do that on a regional network. You can do that on a national network. You know what I'm actually more passionate about? Maybe this should just be the second part of the honesty hour. Just bring energy in the booth, Ah, even to your own team. Just bring some energy. There's a, there's a team that um, I really, there's a team that I like a lot and I watch a lot of their games and it's just like, it's just like a lull. It's Lulls just like your word of the day. You started it the <laughs> yeah. other day. I just and you're carrying bring, it on. bring the energy, right? Like, come on, man. Like these guys that I met, God, there's some people that do such a good job and it really changes the game. It does. It, you're watching and it you, does. that gets you in the moment. When you got a guy screaming in the booth for something cool that's happened or a walk off, it gives me goosebumps. Just be passionate, be into it. And I, I think that helps grow the game. Cause then you have these iconic clips that come out later of yeah. so, somebody doing something cool and it makes it so much better. Those are the like the, they'll either take the radio or the broadcast. Whoever has the crazier, right. better call, that's what goes down in history with that moment. Right. So a Be part, part two of that. Of big that. Moment. Bring the energy in the booth. Bring the excitement Bring the to noise. the game. The players right now, <laughs> the players on the field have leveled up their excitement. The booths need to follow suit and bring that excitement as well. And we're leveling up the game and we're leveling up flipping bats. Yes. Now let's level up on the stage. I knew that was coming. <laughs> I, I knew that was coming. <laughs> Did I, you like it though? Was it I, good? I knew where we were going Was next. it good? I knew where it we good? were going. I knew we were literally coming up here on stage. And I knew when Alex started talking about levels that she was talking about physically <laughs> walking up. But the up thing is, is I didn't at first. It didn't come to me until like, I was like, level up. And I was like, oh, that's leveled up. Let's level up. That's how my brain works. It's not, yeah. it just, you know, it's on the fly. Yeah. Okay. So we got some fan questions to finish up, right? We do. We're going to wrap up the show All with right. some fan questions. All Our right. first one comes from Seth Green. If you could play on any World Series championship team, which one would it be and why? <sighs> okay, a, a couple come to my mind. Okay. okay, let's talk through this. One, I don't know why my first thought went to the 0-1 Diamondbacks when they beat the Yankees and the, the Luis Gonzalez okay. walk-off and Tony Walmack coming around. But you, you walked off Mariano Rivera, yeah. the best of all time. That's really cool. Um, the Cubbies World, World Championship that was, run. Oh, that you, was insane. I mean, that was awesome. So I'll go D-backs, Cubs, and then uh, to do it with, with, like, to be on the same team with my brother, obviously, would be yeah. really cool. So. Yeah. 2017, 2022. Is that how, is that 2022? Yeah. Uh, yes, yeah. we're in Is there 2023, last year? Well, yeah, this is 2023. Yeah, we're 2023. So last year is 21. So I would say doing it with my brother would be awesome. The Cubs and then the D-backs for me. That was awesome. Yeah, I would say, like, obviously my two teams. So Angels in 02, because that was just insane. Dodgers, the 2020, because that's the one that I most am close to and remember to. And then the Cubs, because the Cubs, something where it's like that, where you've been waiting for that long is yeah. just insane. And that locker room was madness. That was Wrigley like one of, was like that going, was one was of my awesome. favorite, like favorite, like post game, post championship celebrations to watch live. I watched like all like hours yeah. of it after the game. Cause yeah. it was just, who did they have in there? Bill Murray. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. He was walking around interviewing everybody. Like yeah. that was, it was so epic. Yeah. It was so epic. Okay, on to our next fan question. This one comes from Jay Hernandez. Ben, do you think at some point, or 
other leagues around the world will adopt the rules that MLB implemented this year or a version of them. I recently watched a Mexican League ball game, and it was so slow. <laughs> I think we're already seeing it. Um, yeah. Look at what college football is doing this year. They changed the rules to speed it up a little bit. And I, in the first college football game I watched this year, they referenced baseball. And the rule, cool. the rule changes in baseball and how it just put more action uh-huh. and more action in a shorter amount of time. And who who wouldn't love that? So yeah. I, I definitely think I definitely think other teams will see the success that has come from what Major League Baseball has done with the rules this year and be more willing to to adapt. And that's a really cool thing to be able to say because Major League Baseball for so long was so stuck in their ways and and unwilling to adapt because it's America's pastime and this is how the sport is played. And for the rules, uh, Commissioner Manfred deserves a lot of respect here for for the ability to to change the game and change it for the better. Mm -hmm. And he did that. And what we're seeing now is success on the field and success in the ratings and success in the stands. Everywhere. uh, I definitely think other other leagues and, and sports will follow suit. It was great. Yeah. I love all the world changes. All right, we're going to wrap it up with one more fan question. This one comes from Childish Hambino. Is having a stand-in, Otani, for team pictures normal protocol, or is this something kind of out of the ordinary? Seems like a big deal, but not sure if it's due to the player or having stand-ins. Thanks. Um, no, it's not normal. No. I have been there for every single, I was there for every team photo situation. That's, no, this is, that is not normal. It is strange at it kind of makes you wonder with something else going on. Like it's It's so weird. It's so weird. If the week never, couldn't have been any weirder, the month for the Angels. I've it's never so weird. even heard of this happening. No. But I mean, you have players that miss the team photo due to injury. Yeah. But with in Shohei's instance, everybody would have understood if he's not in the team photo. Oh, he had just gotten hurt and he missed the day. Yeah. But you also like this very well could be his last team photo with the Angels. Probably. So hear me out here. Yeah. Crazy thought. Instead of putting in a, a stand-in, maybe just postpone it a day or two. Yeah, to have him in there. To literally have your him standing. Your most important player, your most like lucrative player, your MVP of your team, the face of the franchise. You're not going to wait for him? So Great. I was wondering this. Are they just going to have the stand-in... They'll, like, I wonder they'll Photoshop they, now. So they got a so guy around his height. Yeah. And then they're just going to Photoshop yeah. his face yes. onto it. Yes. That's so weird. It is. But does it surprise? It's been the weirdest, no. worst month of no. all time for the Angels. And no. it was capped off with a stand-in for Shohei Otani so after weird. all went miserably so wrong weird. for the team. <laughs> but uh, no, not yeah, normal. No, that's weird. Uh, and that's it. That does a weird it Thursday. Thursday show. A great Thursday show. By the way, anybody... That, did you say weird I Thursday did. show? I said, that's it, a weird Thursday show. Always a little. Right? Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> uh, go back and listen to the Julio episode if you haven't yet. Uh, it was a really, really fun conversation with one of the best players in the game, quickly becoming one of the faces of baseball. So uh, I loved it. Um, and Alex, thank you for what you said about it. Was it. That was uh, That was really cool to hear. So I hope it did come off that way. Go listen to the Julio episode. Make sure you're subscribed to Flippin' Bats wherever you listen to your podcast, Apple, Spotify, wherever. We're also on all social media, including YouTube, where you can watch every single thing we do on YouTube at Flippin' Bats Pod for all of them. But that does it for this Thursday episode. Until tomorrow, my friends, peace.